What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I have a special guest coming from Houston, Texas. His passion for excellence in home and relationship building and forward thinking combined with his experience and education differentiate him in a competitive marketplace. He has an engineering business degree from Texas A&M University. He is very involved with the Greater Houston Builders Association and is the president of the Montgomery County Builders Division. He has received numerous nominations and awards for residential construction projects completed over the years. Brandon Lynch, welcome to The Real Build. Happy to have you on today. How you doing? Man, Bill, thanks so much. I just, I've never actually heard somebody say all that before. It was pretty cool. So <laughs> man, that I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm flattered. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Obviously, I was featured on your podcast. So I'm glad to return the favor too and talk some building with you. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm getting used to these intros. So I can roll through them pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> but the uh, way I... Yeah, the way I always like to start too is uh, just kind of ha- having a little discussion about your background. So, who is Brandon Lynch? Oh my gosh, where to start? I am, it's like a bad book or something. Uh, I'm from a real small town in Central Texas. Uh, for example, I had 90 people in my graduating high school class. Um, I grew up a mechanic's son. By 12 years old, I was helping pull transmissions, change brakes, work on these, you know, cars that were from the 80s and early 90s, 70s, all these different cars, you know, learning how to work on them, doing what he wanted me to do, kind of being the apprentice son that walks around follows him, uh, having a job all the way through high school doing that. So that was pretty good. Um, I... uh, kind of went to Texas A&M University to get out of that. I didn't, I didn't really want to grow up in that. I didn't want to be a mechanic for a living. I didn't want to stay in, in a small town like that. I wanted to get out and I wanted to do something different. I, I just knew it wasn't for me. I knew that I had bigger and better things going on or going to happen in my life. So I left when I was 18 and never went back. Yeah. So it's, I spent, you know, I guess I spent five years at Texas A&M. I had a victory lap, as you call it. Took um, a lot of different things out of that place. We we started organizations on campuses about leadership and development. We had a core group of guys that just really cared about each other, uh, participated in other various activities, found my degree uh, my sophomore year, didn't really know what I wanted to do when I when I left. I just knew I wanted to leave. And they said, hey, there was this management degree, this engineering management degree that the focus on business in this college over here. You need to go check it out. And I went and talked to the dean of the college and 
He just goes, man, you're perfect. You're perfect. Come on over. We're going to start you in classes next semester. Since then, that was a great, it was a great opportunity. It's one of those niche degrees. There's only 90 people that graduated with it a year. So it's not one of those big gigantic finance degrees or marketing degrees to where they're putting out 4,000 people a year doing it. And it's, there's 90 people and we're pretty sought after in the, in the niche business world. So I, I think it's pretty cool. I think I got lucky. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I came from a similar kind of background too. I mean, me going away to college because I wanted to get out of here. I wanted to find something different and so on. That's why I went to the University of South Florida. Obviously, I went to a couple of different colleges too, one out of state uh, for football and everything. But um, I wanted to find that path and do something different like yourself. And then it kind of led me to where I was, long story short. And I've talked about this, you know, to, to get experience and life experience and so on like yourself. and and it, and it helped me, I mean, to get where I am now and I'm very grateful for that and so on and, and have those experiences and have, be a car salesman at one point. And then uh, that helped me with my sales end of things and then also get out of this town and go experience new different things in bigger cities and so on. It was, it was something that I needed to do. So it's similar to you. And I'm sure what, you've, what you just said has helped you get to where you are as well. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so let's let's just let's discuss your life a little bit more. Like, how did you get started in, in the construction industry? What was your reason you chose construction over other industries? You know, I'm the kind of guy that thinks everything happens for a reason. And I remember going to this career fair, and they had these career fairs, kind of like what you've seen in these various companies. So they all come to the school. And they had it in the business school, and I'm actually in the agricultural or engineering school. So I went to the business school career fair anyway, and I was an anomaly because I didn't have a finance degree or an accounting degree. That wasn't what I was getting. And I met with a home building company that they're recruiting, and they just we just hit it off. They just we talked about a lot of similarities. Uh, the owner's son was there. It was just a really a good situation. And they offered me a they they offered me an internship right then and there in the middle of that crowd of people. And I just think it was, it was just meant to be. I think if the career found me, mm-hmm. I I did the internship that summer before I graduated. And I learned so much. And I, I just I loved the business. I thought it was I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. How we could come up with pouring a slab and then a few months later having a completed house that somebody's moving into. I was fascinated by it. The, there's a lot of moving parts to building a home. I guess you can hear the experts say, "Well, there's over two hundred thousand parts in a, in a home these days." It's true. There's just a lot of things that go into a home, and we were building more of a, a track style home at that time, that was their, that was their company's uh, uh, main offering was a track style home. And they actually offered me a job for me to not go back to, to A&M to finish my degree. I thought about it for about 30 seconds. And I said, you know what? That was a fantastic offer. That's a lot of money. I really appreciate that. But no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go finish my degree. It is the most important thing I'm going to do in my life at this point. 
and it's going to carry me throughout my entire career. And they just said, man, we love that. We're going to have, we want, we want you, we want you back whenever you get done with your degree. And that happened. We're doing job interviews. I, I interviewed with companies like John Deere, Caterpillar. I interviewed with companies that were building refineries that were doing heavy highway projects. Uh, I even interviewed in the agricultural sector with ranching and none of it, none of it really fit me. I, I didn't really feel like that any of that was, was the right fit. <clears throat> so they called one day and they said, Hey, do you, are you still want to come back? And I said, absolutely. Send me a letter. Give me my offer. We're done. I'll accept it immediately. And I did. I took it. I got signed up, started with that company as a, as a college grad, green behind the ears, didn't know a thing. And when I'm looking at it and the way they wanted to do things, I, I thought it was simple. I thought I was a fish in water. The technical aspect of it, the ins and the outs, I, I just knew it. I just, I, I read it. I knew it. I saw it. I knew it. And I became a, a, an expert in it within a year to where I was basically looking at all my, uh, my quality scores, my uh, standard deviations of, of budget, budgetary uh, changes they were off the charts for somebody my age and we just kept going and they immediately wanted me to go into management and to teach other people how I, how I did it. So I did, I went into their management training program and it was interesting. You know, you, you get into that program and you're, you're thrown into a meeting with a bunch of older gentlemen old, and people that have been doing the industry for 35, 40 years to, you know, they're, they're the company owners or the vice presidents. And you're this young guy in, in your early 20s. And you're supposed to make an impression, but you're scared to death to do so. So it was really intimidating to, to be in board meetings with those guys and management meetings and talking about profitability. So I eventually left, I left pretty quick. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't my cup of tea at that time. I wasn't ready for it. I, I was too young. You know, at the time, I, at the time I thought I was, I, I, I thought I was cheating myself. I thought it wasn't fair, but I, I was too young to do it. Now I, now I know that. And I went straight into custom home building and seven years later, I started my own company. So really the, the business found me. Mm -hmm. This is the way I, the way, this is the way I see it. I, I understand the mechanics, the systems, the processes of construction, like the back of my hand. I, it's just really uh, fascinating. It's really interesting. Uh, building sciences. I do study building sciences for the southern region of the United States, which is you know where we're in. There's a lot of differences between you know here versus Florida versus Colorado versus Ohio. There's a lot of differences in what we have to do here pertaining to construction. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot mm -hmm. of people moving in don't really understand that. So it's a lot of education that we're giving to, to other business owners that are moving in or uh, customers, clients, opportunities for, for customers to talk about what we're doing. So it, that's kind of what happened. That's kind of where I came from. Yeah, well, one of one of the main things you just said though too is that it was it was a business that you really appreciated, that you really loved, and you really was easy to learn too. And one thing that I always preach preach on too is, 
I was similar to you. I, I, I wanted to finish college and so on. I was probably the only one, I think, in my family to actually graduate college. So I wanted to basically do that. That was a uh, kind of a goal of mine, and I did it. And then after college, I moved back and went back into my dad's business, the construction, and, and working as his kind of his, uh, you know, his labor out in the field and so on. But, you know, you, you, you know, when you really know, because the moment I knew that I was going to be in this business is when I realized I'm like, what am I doing? Because I was looking for other careers. I was looking at other different avenues to get out of it from being his labor and getting paid chump change at the time. And trying to, because I'm like, I got degrees. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? But he that gave me even more of appreciation towards the business and a love for it too. Because when you see a house built from the ground up, and it's something that you were involved in in the process of creating, and then seeing the final product, you know, whether it's six months or a year here, it could be up to two years on a big home. Just depends, like you said, in different areas. It's such a great feeling. Uh, and, and it's, and it's a feeling that a lot of people don't understand, you know, because when you are passionate about the business, it's, it's a huge difference and also having experience in it too. That's another thing. Field experience is so important, but what you said also too, is that you have, you learn about every little aspect of it. There's a lot of people that try and get into this business just to make the money and they never last. They're going to fail. Mm-hmm. They never last. They never make it more than a year, two years. And then down the road, they're robbing Peter paying Paul because they didn't know how to do the financial end or they just didn't care enough to get more customers without having to drop their price below a certain level and where they weren't making any money. So that's the difference right there from what I'm hearing with you too, is that you actually care and you have a passion behind it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's when I look at it with a customer and we talk about the nuts and the bolts of what they want to, what they want to do and what they want to pay for. A lot of them don't have a clue with what it takes to get it there. Mm-hmm. And I, I spend a lot of time with them to really explain what, this is what you're asking for. This is, the, this is your wish list. Your wish list is not feasible with what you're, with what you can do. So, I spend a lot of time with people talking about that. You know, I've spent a lot of time studying, uh, fixing things that we've done, uh, sitting in seminars, sitting in classes, uh, taking extra education uh, through the National Association of Home Building to basically, I guess you want to say, build myself up from an education standpoint after you graduate and you're, you're in the working world to where you better yourself. And the way I see that is if you're not constantly learning and growing, mm-hmm. you're not going to be a better builder for somebody that comes along. That's looking for somebody that's a niche builder that can do specific things and cater to people's specific needs. Mm-hmm. No, I highly agree. I mean, and that's with every business too. If you're not constantly trying to learn and get ahead and get better too. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I do this podcast, to be honest. Like I've learned from so many different people, whether they're insurance agents, builders, decorators. I just had an interior designer on and I learned a ton more from her too. And I've had two other designers on too that I learned from different design styles and what's coming up and what the trends are. And so, I mean, there's so much 
you can learn every single day, especially with this business, because like you said, there's 300 and something pieces to the puzzle of this, of, of a house. And there's so many things that you have to keep your eye on. Okay. What's going on with this? What are we going to do here? How are we going to maneuver this? What if this goes wrong? Oh, the customer doesn't like this. Let's make this change. It's a constantly moving business. And if you're not ready for it, if you're just in it for a paycheck, there's no way you're going to have any kind of success in it too at all. No, no way. I've seen people come in 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 downturns and oil and gas is huge in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it downturns. People come into the business. They've got some money saved up. Oil and gas pays pretty well. You're, you're mid forties, early fifties. You've been, you've been making pretty good money and you dive into, Hey, I want to go, I want to go do this business. I want to go buy some land. I want to go build something or I want to go buy uh, an inner city house and I want to renovate it and I want to sell it for a profit. Those guys more than often fail that mm-hmm. or they've got enough money to keep failing them, teaching themselves. And that's the scary part of this business is there are a lot of people that try to do this. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, not easy at all. There's a, it's kind of a joke that I'm, I'm telling customers right now is, you know, especially with all the, the new, landscaping of the US, I just tell them we're risk managers. Mm-hmm. We're a service company that manages risk for them to produce a product. And they get a kick out of it. But if you really think about it, it's true. Mm-hmm. We're managing their risk. We're we're taking their funds and uh, kind of like the stock market and they're expecting you know an asset that has value coming back to them. So I, I thought that was kind of a, a neat play on, you know, kind of how to make a joke and you know, talk to a customer and just keep things light. And it seems to be, if you really think about it, it's, it's true. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. And, and I mean, I always like when times are good and it happens every time here, you see more and more builders, more and more remodel companies for more and more people getting into business and, and, they just they get into it with the expectation because let's face it i mean if you're book smart you can get a builder's license here i always said that you should have some kind of experience working within it because i've had people ask me you know i grew up in it so i've obviously learned it through firsthand experience not through a book and and um you know or or just the books before taking the test i should say too um because there's a lot of guys that didn't go to college for it, didn't do the, you know, didn't do anything, didn't work in the business. Maybe, maybe they were a painter at one time or something. They go, oh, well, that builder's probably making a ton of money. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take the take the license course, or I'm gonna go to the pre-licensing, get the books for that, study, and then go get the license. But there's so much more that goes into it that to get to where you gotta get, and you see a lot of builders come and go, especially in my area for that main reasons. And the main ones are all still here. Even through the hard times, we're all still here too, because we know how to survive. We know how to cut back. We know how to do different things to survive throughout these times and so on to, uh, to keep our companies alive. And plus we built the reputation too. And that's what I preach to people is the, is the, the reputation, the experience, how many houses we've done, how many people we've serviced, how we've never had, 
issues as far as uh, going going lawsuits against us for certain reasons or anything like that, uh, because we know how to resolve these problems. But then there's these a lot of new builders that are still getting sued to this day that fled up north. Not prepared. Mm -hmm. Those guys are not prepared. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, you're fine. They're not prepared. And you know what you said? It really hits home. You there's there's a lot of books on this business and how to's and mm-hmm. hey do this, hey do that. But I can tell you, and you can probably agree with me, there's not a single thing that you can learn in a book or mm-hmm. on a TV show that can substitute for being in the business, real life situations with either customers, subcontractors, uh, dealing with contract situations, engineering. There's nothing you can learn in those books that's really real. And that's why we're doing this, right? Mm -hmm. I could write a book all day long about how to do this and it's going to sound just like any other how to go build something book or a webinar that you can do. But this is real. This is what I do for a living. That's what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep saying it. There's nothing you can learn in a book that's going to that's going to say, hey, I know as much as Brandon now. I know as much as Bill now. It, it just doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Well, even, even on the sales end, too, and I talk about this, is like if me and you are, let's use this as an example. If me and you are sitting in one of our houses that's for sale, more than likely, probably 90% more of a chance of us actually selling it or bringing in a new custom build. Why? Because we have the passion behind our product. You can stick a realtor in there. You can stick a salesperson in there. They're not going to have that same exact passion as you. And I, 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 and I have a salesperson that works with me, and I try and tell him because he, he sees how many houses I can sell because I've handled our sales then, and I'm trying to train, train him to get a little bit of a load off my back because I also I am running the company along with my brother. And it's just hard because you put somebody in that situation that you want, but you, you know that you can do it 10 times better because you're so passionate and people, people set, they buy you, they buy your experience, right. they buy who you are and they come in if they like you and, and how, your passion behind the product. And, and I'm preaching on how, how our meticulous details and touching everything as I go through the house, as I showcase it to them it makes such a big difference on the sales end too. I, I can't agree more. You know, when I've sold stuff in sitting in a house or meeting people for the first time, you know, they want to meet the people want to, they, they don't want to meet a salesperson. They want to meet the company owner. They want to meet the guy that makes the decisions. And I do that. That's one of my, one of my main, my main parts of my daily job here is customer interaction, customer interface, mm-hmm. even after a contract, even after the close. We talk and we talk about what what they want and, and explain why we we do what we do. Show them the house. Show them the details they may not realize. You know how exactly we did this decorative beam over here. How exactly did we install this stucco? How, how what's that brick accent really look like? What's behind it? You talk to people like that. They don't. A lot of people don't know. A lot of mm-hmm. customers are like, I just like the way it looks. In reality, there's a lot of science. There's a lot of thought that goes behind that. And if you don't put it together correctly, and I'm going to use the example stucco here in Houston, if you don't do stucco correctly, you're guaranteed a whole lot of problems in a few years after after putting that product on the ground. 
there are building scientists that actually say, don't put stucco in Houston. Your climate over there is a little bit more subtropical than, than Houston's is, which is why our humidity levels are so high. Mm-hmm. Uh, stucco is pretty prominent over there because y'all build cinder block houses. Mm-hmm. Y'all's houses are made differently than here. These houses here are, are sticks and bricks. Uh, it's, 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 it's all the way you, it's how you approach people. It's how you share your knowledge. It's how you share the passion. It's how you treat them. They're going to, once you, once you have build builds and buildings and, and things that you've shown that you can show them that you've built that meet what they're looking for, then people are going to buy who they like. They're mm-hmm. going to go with the people that they feel comfortable with. And I'm going to do the same thing. If I don't feel comfortable with somebody, it's not going to be a good situation. Mm-hmm. So that I, I kind of look at it that way with, with, with sales. No, it's a, you're hundred percent right. And I've used this example in the past. I bought a bedroom set and I went to, I think it was like six different furniture stores. I had the salesman that followed me around that. I was just like, come on, man, you know, and then let me look, let me be, I had the lady that uh, came up to me would would be around every single corner uh, just ate a onion sandwich or something and you could smell, smell, you know, nothing against her, but you could smell the onion from my, and then I had the other lady in the final store that I went to that said, Hey, I'm here to help you guys with anything. I I've worked here for this long. If you guys have any questions, I'll be over here, uh, looking at this, working on this, just feel free to walk around and find me over here. Well, guess who I bought from the lady? And then I went back to that lady when I was ready with my questions mm-hmm. because she let me be a little bit. And it's different in our world as a sales, but that was me being comfortable. You know, with us, I get a read on people. If they don't want me following them around, I can tell. You know, oh, as a yeah. good, you know, as a good salesperson, you can tell when somebody's uncomfortable with you trailing them. But then you have the people that want to talk to you, that want you there to ask the questions as you're kind of going through the house and so on. So there's different types of people to work with, but you as a salesperson have to realize that as well, too. So yeah, I absolutely you have to be able to read what the customer is wanting when they walk in the door or when they pick up the phone or when you meet them the first time. You have to be able to tell what they're saying by what they're saying or what they're not saying. And I have a philosophy to where you know, I don't want to be the vacuum cleaner guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell you a vacuum cleaner. I, I don't, I'm not going to sell it and I'm not going to go, I'm not going to leave and I'm not going to sell you a maintenance package on it and never see you again. It, it, I'm, we're going to, we're going to talk about the relationship between a builder and a client that's building something or we're renovating a home. We're going to really focus on why that relationship is important. And just like you said, furniture store i've had the same situation we walk into a furniture store here you know they obviously they're they're taking turns of who, who walks in the door and the most experienced people that are most successful they they they're like hey here's my card we're glad you're here do you have any questions let me know i'm, I'm right over here uh i may check in on you if that's okay if not you just ask me anytime they let my wife and i go we walk through and we're we write, we figure our questions out. We go find the guy and we're like, hey, we got some questions. Can you can you can you answer these questions for us? And he'll take us over to your computer and answer them real time. Yeah, we have stock. No, this is where it's at. No, I don't no, I can't get another piece from the manufacturer. Oh, yes, I can. It's in Phoenix. I can have it over here in two weeks. Those kind of things, you know, instant, you know, instantly helping somebody. That 
is answering the questions and being a service and not following somebody around, you know, drooling and waiting for them to go, hey, okay, I'll buy it. That's not how it works. That's not how this business works, especially in renovating. Renovating is a little bit different of a, of a, um, of a taco, I guess you could say a little bit of a different thing. Yeah, no, I, I highly agree with everything you said. And I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to do with this show too, is instead of, I wanted to have more of a free flow conversation with you about how we can do better as builders for our customers. So, you know, I kind of want to go into some topics with you and have it a little bit more like we just have been too. This has been great so far. Yeah obviously. And, and, and cause all my past shows that like me and you talked about have been more questions to the builder and so on. Um, so I want to talk about with you two going off the topic, what you just said, how can we help our customers better and, and what can we change as far as, you know, the customer experience, let's start there. What can we do customer experience wise to, Throughout, you know, there's the process. There's there's all these different factors in building, like we said, and all these different pieces. So, how can we make that better? Training, mm-hmm. constantly growing, knowing who you're talking to. I mean, we can elaborate on all these. Let me give you an example. If you're not learning about new product, mm-hmm. things that they're going to ask about, you're, you're not going to be able to answer their questions. They're not going to want you. If you're not up, up to date on current events of, let's just say a TV show. There are, there are people's favorite TV shows out there that deal with that building or innovating. But sometimes I watch them just to get the ideas or understand the ideas they're talking about because I've had customers go, well, this is what I've seen. This is what I want. Not a problem. I've seen that too. And this is how you put it together. Uh, from a customer standpoint, you know, we have to take time. We have to spend we have to invest time into a, a customer, into a, a potential client to really understand what kind of client they are. Are they, are they the right client? Are they the client that fits the mold of the company that you're working for? Um, or such as my company, is, is, are they right for us? And a lot of that comes into the first 10, 15, 30 minutes of conversation of meeting somebody to where if you're not, if you're not skilled in sales, and you don't know how to look for certain things. You don't know how to look at body language. You don't know how to ask specific questions to get information out of them that they may not want to share or they're not sure about sharing because they, they don't know about contractors. They've, they've, they've read the internet to where they're apprehensive. A lot of that happens. And I firmly believe that Every single person that we're going to talk to, we're going to, we're going to want to invest some time into them to see if they're going to be the right client. And that doesn't mean, you know, you, you're going to spend hours and 40 hours doing that. You, it's not going to be a 10 minute phone call. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't figure out if a 10 minute phone call is going to be the right client. Even if you, we have processes, you have processes and, you know, as you're getting to know a customer, you know, one of the main processes in those questions and getting to know each other, you talk about budget. Mm-hmm. You talk about what do you want? We, we call it a, phys, we, I call it a feasibility chat. You know, we're going to have a talk about the feasibility of your project. We'll, I'll spend two hours doing that. Of my time, there's no problem doing that. We'll go to the, that person's house. 
We'll have them come here. We'll meet at a model. We'll talk about the feasibility of what they want because we're a boutique builder. We're niche. We're going to build something different than what you're going to see down the road with the mass builder, the production builder. We have a unique set of skills. We have a unique set of product offerings that they're not going to offer. And you have to find that, find that stuff out. What do they want? What are they looking for? How do you know you want that? And today with the internet, with Pinterest, Pinterest is a good example, or Howz, which is H-O-U-Z-Z.com. You can post pictures to your, to your board, to your vision board of, hey, this is what I want my stuff to look like. You share that information and you talk about it. And you understand what that person's drives are, what their passions about what they want are. They're coming to us because they want to change something about their lives. They want to change themselves. So they want to they want to move into a new a new situation. They want to move into a new home. They want us to take their older home that's thirty years old, and they want it to look brand new on the inside because the land is worth so much money. That depending on what part of town it is, it's worth more. It's worth more to stay there and renovate it. Than it would be to go 20 miles out and, and build new. Mm-hmm. You, you have to figure that stuff out. You can't do it in a 10 minute phone call or a 15 minute phone call. You know, I remember a, a specific client that's down in, in inner city Houston. It was a referral. Uh, the other, another builder sent it to me, a good builder, a friend of mine sent it to me because he couldn't handle the work. And I'm always a little apprehensive about those. So we, we go out there and we meet them. And there, uh, there are a couple that uh, they're in their mid late fifties. Uh, they're both professionals. They both have professional jobs. They're, they're they don't have any children at home. They're all grown. Everybody's married off. And you look at this. You look at this house that's never been maintained. And you're like, holy cow! What do you want? And they, well, we want, it, we want it to look brand new. We want it to look this. We want these walls to disappear. I was told they can't disappear. Why can't they disappear? What, what has to be done to do that? And, of course, I'm sitting there, and they're looking to me to be able to answer that. And almost sometimes they want us to give a price for that up front, which that's not possible. But you look at their ideas, and you show, they show you pictures, and you're like, you know what? This is feasible. This is kind of what you're looking at. And then you really bring in is what they want to do. Is it going to meet with what they want to pay? And if if it doesn't meet up with in the beginning, it's never going to meet Mm -hmm. that or they're just that or they're just shopping. So if that, if those two things meet together, then that, that conversation and that relationship will continue to build because we can offer that they're looking to do that. That, that's one of the things I really believe in is that you have to invest time. You have to understand who, who you're talking to. It's just, it's like interviewing a client. Clients are going to interview builders. I, I've had situations to where I've had a, a, a potential customer call me and I'll ask him, how, well, how many, how many people are you talking to? Do you, are you talking to more than one of us? Well, yeah, we're talking to seven of you guys. Seven. You're talking to seven different builders, okay, where you're going to get seven different answers on what you're asking. I can't say that, of course, but I, I tell them up front. I said, let's have a conversation about this, but I, I, can't, I can't sit there and tell you what I need to tell you and the amount of time that you're going to spend with me. 
in order to talk to seven different people when you know you're professional, you're working. I said, do me a favor. Please allow me the last time, the last conversation you have. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of, they're like, what? This guy's, this guy's saying he doesn't want to talk about my project. It's a, it's a risk. But what it does, it makes that customer think up front. Okay, let's talk to this guy last. He's asking me to last. He's got these qualifications. Let's talk to him last. Six builders down, they call back and say, hey, can we set an appointment? Absolutely. Let's come, let's come to your place. Sit down. We immediately talk about their needs, about them. What do they do? Where do they come from? Investing time into them. Then you get to, well, hey, what do I want? What do you want? What can I offer you? And by that time, they've got a lot of information from different people. You're going to have people that walk in, they're going to write some silly document quote on a triplicate form, hand it to them and walk out in 30 minutes. They're going to quote a price per square foot for a picture that they've seen on an internet. They're going to do something that's going to lead them down the wrong direction. And depending where that client's mindset is, of how successful they want to be, that's where you're going to be able to get them answering questions and realize that your process, my process is different. We want to have conversations about this and really understand before I can give you a number. I can come up with a number. Let's throw it on the wall like spaghetti and see which one sticks. Oh, that one stuck. Oh, that's the number. No, it's not. That's not how it works. That's why I think spending time with somebody, having the right education with somebody is really, really the way you do it. It's, it is time consuming on the, on the, the salesperson's the owner end, but you're, you're not going to get the quality of quality of people mm-hmm. on your door and you're not going to have raving fans mm-hmm. coming back to you wanting more projects. And that's, that's our thing. We want raving fans. We want people to go, yeah, Brandon did exactly what he said he was going to do. This is, this is a great experience. Um, so Sorry for kind of running off with that, but I, I kind of got a lot of I got a lot of opinion about that stuff. Obviously, no, no, and I I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I mean, the time thing is so huge too because initially you can get a feeling for people. Uh, you know, if, if they come at you with what's a square foot price, well, us as a custom builder, a remodeler, whatever, it's it's hard to justify that. Okay, what's your square foot price? Well, what do you want? You know, you're just asking me what the square foot price is, and you're not really telling me what is involved in the process. We are a custom builder. I am not that builder that's just going to just give you a flat rate, and this is what you get, this is what you get, because a lot of that turns into an argument. And we've been doing more more and more cost plus because we are so custom, which kind of I lay that out of what that entails and so on to a lot of people, but... You know, you do have, it does take time with all these people when they do bring you plans and, hey, how much can you build this for? Well, you have to tell me more. What, can, you need to sit down with me. And a lot of people don't want to sit down with you. They just want that initial price and so on. I think I just told you about the, the couple that said they had that 600 to 650 budget with me. And once again, everybody, prices are different everywhere. But, you know, I can't build that. 
we can't do that as a company. Uh, we haven't built anything for 600,000 and I don't even know how long because the price is here. So it, it's, you know, you got all the hurricane impact stuff and so on. Plus we're custom. So I told, told them, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Um, here's what I can do. I can do a cost plus build at our builder's percentage. You'd make the choices and you can try and get as close to your budget as you can. If any builder tells you they can build for 600 to 650 at that square footage that you're asking for, I would be very, very cautious and proceed with them with caution because they will tell you that they will tell you they can do it, but you're going to fight with them and you're going to get low, low, low grade stuff in the house and the house isn't going to, it's going to not be worth the value. So that's the listening end. That's the telling these people. And if they're willing to come back and meet after that, okay, let's meet, let's hear them out in more detail. Uh, because I'm not one to waste time. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want them to waste my time. Time so valuable, as you know, that you know we're constantly that time could be uh, given to another person that maybe wants to build a big home that that wants your company wants what your company delivers and so on, rather than somebody that's going to cookie cut everything and nickel and dime you and so right. on. That's not the right customer for me personally. And I'd rather have another builder deal with that, that headache, or it might not be a headache to them, but to us, it's just not who we mesh with, you know? You know, a lot of times what we do is we get a client in the door and they've got their pictures, they've got their dreams, they've got their Pinterest boards. They've been thinking about this for a long time and they're out of line a little bit. They're, they're out of line a little bit. And we'll, we'll study, we'll look at it to see if they can be brought back to the real world of what things are really going to be, or are they going to stay out of alignment? We're not going to be able to be a good deal. Let me give you an example. Our cost of build on a bill on your lot situation in Houston is so much lower than it is in Florida. It's just so much lower because I, I, the materials, the, the workers, they're the subcontractors, they're, they're, they're a lot less. Mm-hmm. I've had a customer come to me and they're not being unreasonable as far as, Hey, I want to, I want a small house. I want something around 3000 square feet. That's not a huge house for people that are used to building 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 square foot homes, but it's a project to where if it's the right people and it's the right design, that could be a profitable project. That could be a project that we might want to hang our hat on and I'll study that. Why do you want a 3,000 foot house? Let's talk about that. What do we want in it? Let's talk about your budget. Well, our budget's here. Well, that's that's not really going to work. Why do you think your budget should be there? Well, you know, I was talking to so-and-so builder down the road, and they gave me their price sheet. And I try not to cut them off at that point, but I go, oh, okay, you got their price sheet. Cool. Let, let me ask you questions. What's included? What What are they going to give you? for that well it says it on this paper i get countertops blah 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 i get this wood floor blah 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 and i go okay which wood floor which countertop see i have to tell these people or any customer that that is a process that they're gonna have to go through once they go with this other builder that they're going to continue to constantly spend extra money, mm-hmm. constantly. 
and you do that education and you kind of have to let them go figure some of that out. And they come back to you. If you've done the right impression, they're going to come back to you and say, you know what? You're right. And I had this customer do that. He, he shopped two different builders, me and another, in a, uh, me and another uh, a builder that builds a lot of homes in, in rural communities in Texas. And he didn't want a big house, but he wanted the house built really well. He's in oil and gas. Uh, his, his wife was, uh, has got a, a small business for, for, them, for herself. And they wanted something special. They didn't want the framing techniques done like a track builder which if you know track building, it's done way different from the way we, we frame houses here on, on the custom side of it. They didn't want, they wanted nice cabinets. They wanted, the, they wanted a better roof. And we're going to offer them that. We're going to show them what those things are going to cost. And we're going to give them a package that says, this is all in. You get to pick your stuff right here. Does, does this look good? Now I love that. So it's over their budget. Well, they originally had, but it's exactly what they wanted. And they could tell that these other people were pulling the wool over their eyes. And it took time. And we built that house. It didn't take very long to build. About six months is what it took, it took to build the house. It was about 2,800 square feet, a smaller home for us. But it was really nice. It was a nice home. Uh, it was, the bedrooms weren't huge. It wasn't a gigantic place, but it was on a piece of land. And it's exactly what they wanted. They were so happy. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're calling us back to, they want us to build a mother-in-law house on the back of their property so that their parents can come visit or move in or, you know, whatever they want to do. But that is, that is the, how to, how to really talk through with a customer what they want to do with, Hey, why, why doesn't this fit? What are you really looking for? Can we re- realign? That's one of the things we've looked at here. Cost of construction is so much different. <laughs> That's a whole different, whole different conversation about cost of construction here versus there. But there, there's another good example about mm-hmm. how to really work with people and, and come through their objections and understand where they're at. Yeah, because you are you're 100% spot on. They'll get the list. It'll have the numbers on the side of it of you get this, this, and this. Well, they're at this amount per square foot. Well, why are you here? And and I've said this before that some builders are great politicians. They're great at, you know, lie, lie, lie to get that actual job. But when it comes down to it, they actually don't do it. So, you know, and that's a good way of putting it. And and they'll they'll do whatever it takes to get the job. And then by the time they get get the job, you go under contract with them. You're fighting with them because everything's extra, 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 extra. So if I lay out what you're going to get out front and I preach on that and you still have a problem with the, you still have, you know, price, price, price in your mind and so on, you know, I need to be at this number. I need to be at this number. But the problem with that too, and, and I'll, I'll shift here too, is a lot of people want, they have this number in their minds. Okay. And they have to be at that number. And if you can't get them to that number, they, they're going to go somewhere else to that guy that says he can get them to that number. And I've had a guy that says, well, I, but then they want everything, everything, you know, champagne taste on a beer budget. And, and it's just, they want everything and they won't listen to you that you can't do it. You can do stuff that's similar and you tell them that and you preach it to them, but they still 
want what they want. And those are sometimes the people that you have to unfortunately walk away from and they're going to learn the hard way. You got to know when to walk away. Mm -hmm. Got to know when to walk away. I I let a customer walk away on me a couple of years ago. He was again, shopping me versus a a semi-production builder on a build on your lot situation on Northwest Houston. And finally, I just took a stand. I said, I I go, they're going to build it cheaper. If you want the price, go over there. Well, no, no, I just want to talk about this. I want to understand why you're, you know, why, why are we $75,000 apart? Blah, blah, blah. Well, $75,000 isn't really a lot of money when we're talking about a half million. I think the house was six fifty or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he kept going on and on and on. And I finally was like, you know, sir, this is our design. This is what you wanted. This is what this thing costs. If you don't want us to build your home, I'm very sorry that I wasted your time. You're absolutely able. And I can't, I can't compete with this, these people over here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to work for free. And he left his wife left. His wife was kind of elbowing him. And they called me back later that day. They said, okay, we're going to build the house with you. Write the contract. I, I, was, I was ready for them to walk. I was just, I put a lot of time into it. We actually designed their house. I was ready. I, I, I didn't know what to do. This is what the house costs with us. This is what's included with the house. This is where it's going to be. This is your property. You've got acres of land, and this is what I'm going to do to it. This is what I'm not going to do to it. And constantly, it was back and forth, back and forth. Finally, I said, I can't. If, if you're looking, if you're solely basing your stuff on dollars, I can't help you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was a game or if it was he was wanting me to justify why he was going to spend extra money. I, I don't know what it was, but he called back about two, two hours later and said, write the contract. We'll buy the house from you. And I was kind of shocked. Why? You, you, you've been talking about money the whole time. I don't know. Why, why do we want to do this now? He just said, I was, he just goes, well, you're stubborn enough to stand up for what you believe in. So I think I want you to build my house for those reasons, because you're going to build a better, better house. I'm, I'm sure of it now. I was like, Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Uh, Cool. Thank you. Let's go, let's go build your house. So that's how it worked. That's what we did. And we, that, 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 that customer is a fan. I can call him anytime on his cell phone and we'll, Hey, Hey, you want to go get a drink anytime. Mm -hmm. That's that's the way the relationships need to work. Yeah, and we've had that too, where we've had to finally step away and walk away because we just couldn't do it. I mean, we couldn't after the in the meetings and the planning and then having a plan and having a price and they needed to be at this budget and so on, and then them bringing us a plan that they had and us pricing that out and then they're still outside of their budget. We just couldn't do it. And and the thing is, you know, we're, we're in this business to make money just like anybody else is in a business to make money. And some people don't get that concept, too. They don't understand because, I mean, this is a lot of work. It's not an easy business to be in. 
Uh, and they don't understand because they're not in it, but we have so many parts and moving parts like we talked about earlier and people involved and overhead and so on that we have to do. And even on upcharges or extras and stuff like that, well, there's a process to that. Yeah. And I, I got to explain that to people too, that it's just, okay, if there's a change order, there's it goes down a domino effect down a line of, we have to pay people to take care of that change order. If there's a, right. there's a change before, you know, permitting and so on, we have to deal with the permitting end of it. It takes time. And going back to the thing on time, time is so valuable and so on. In the initial meeting, like you said, with with that's so huge as far as initial meetings is really feeling out what people want setting the expectation up front of who you are as a builder. If they don't like you, they're going to go somewhere else. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, You know, if they're, if they like you, they're going to be willing to pay the money. It's, it's that easy. You know, it's just, it's time. It's so important too. But um, I agree totally. What about, let's talk about like during the process a little bit. I mean, we brushed on sales a little, but let's go like the general process. Everyone, you know, a lot of people I've spoke with talks about communication, how important that is throughout the building process, but how can we as builders make the building process better during, you know, they, they sign the contract and now we're breaking ground from breaking ground to then. How do we make that better? It's constantly educating your customer. That's the most broad answer, and we can we can unpack that really. You've already you or we we've already spent time with our customer. We've 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 designed their project. They know who we are and what we're about. And you you continue those conversations of okay, this is the next process. This is what we're doing. We are now contracted. So what we're going to do is we're going to go. Uh, we're going to finish our engineering because we have, we engineer everything here. We have actual uh, professional engineer sign off on our construction documents differing from uh, an architect. Uh, we can do that. You know, architects can do it also, but we do have an engineer sign off on the structure and on the slab. That takes a little bit of time. We go through that process. We go, this, this is your pre-start process. This is where the paperwork, this is how the paperwork flows. If it's a bill on your lot situation, obviously there's a lot of work that has to be done to a, a piece of land. I, I don't know about how it is over in Marco Island, but here I can have somebody ask me to go build a house on 20 acres of land all the time. If they get to the point of we're contracted, they know we're going to have to develop that home site. So we're going to talk about Hey, this is our pre-start process. This is where we are. Uh, we're going to close on the loan, and then we can go through and start putting a bulldozer or a, a, an excavator on your lot in order to pull all the trees out of it. Uh, we'll have to have a soils engineer look at the ground, just like you guys have. Y'all have pilings. Depending on what we have here, we may excavate three feet of the organic dirt out and bring in fill mm-hmm. just to have a stable foundation. Houston dirt is terrible, by the way. Uh, depends on where you're at. If you're down closer to the coast, it's all sand. But the center of Houston's a, it's a really heavy clay with a lot of water content. North Houston's a real sandy loam with a, a lot of water flows through it, but it's got a clay base to it. So, 
you, you explain this. You, you meet them out there, give them a shovel and a hard hat, take a picture. By the time they've done that, they've picked out everything that's going to go in the house. And they're working with the designer on cabinetry. They're, the cabinetry is special. This is just not something we're going to order from a factory. We're having this built here. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through that process. That's a, that's a process. We're going to have phases of, of deadlines we're going to need to have. We may not have every single thing picked out, but we're going to have the first set of phases picked out. We're going to have the shingles picked out. We're going to know, you're going to know exactly what you're going to have there. Um, you're going to know exactly how high your lot's going to be developed. You're going to know about the road. You're going to know about the culvert. You're going to know about all this stuff. We're going to educate you on every step. If they don't want to hear it, they're going to tell us. You're the builder. You go build a house. Check in with us each week, or you have a you have a meeting once a week and you talk about what you're going to do. It's it, that is a, it's a it's a time consuming educating process, but it's really for their benefit uh, in order to uh, realize the differences in what they're getting through. So the house starts. They've done initial selections and then they're, they're, they're with the interior designer and they're going through and they're working on interiors, Ex, you know, exterior cut, stucco, stone. We'll send them to a, a specialist to, let's just say it's going to be a stucco and stone pro, uh, product. We're going to have to pick that, that stone out. I've had a customer pick stone out that has to be uh, brought in from a quarry in Arkansas. They don't sell it. Uh, that you can sell it in Houston, but you can't pull it out of the ground anywhere around here. So it has to get trucked in. And it's a very, very, very hard stone to work with. How a customer want it? They have to know what that cost. Well, this is over your budget. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. This, is, th- this stone is in your budget. This is not in your budget. Because you went outside the box of what we talked about. And you wanted something different. At that point in time, because you've done all this education about hey, this is this is you know you put a stone in front of them. This is what we're gonna do. You put you put color samples in front of them. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. But then they're passionate about hey, we're we're past this stage. We're contracted. We're rolling. The loan's closed. The clock's ticking. Let's go. They're gonna pick out what they want mm-hmm. every single time. And there may be incremental increases, but nothing major. So yeah, okay. You give them the price for this stone straight out of Arkansas. Tell them what the labor cost is going to change to. Have them approve it. Cool, approve it. Write the check. Done. Stuff's ordered. It's on site by the. T- it's on site by the time it needs to be you know, on site by. Same thing goes with every single part of the home. It's got a specific process. Uh, we deal with the banks uh, for the customer. They don't have to uh, service their own loan. We'll go service their loan for them. We'll ask for their signatures to send to the banking rep as we'll have an internal rep with that bank. We'll do all that for them. It, it, it's bespoke. It's custom. It's for them all the way through, all the way through the process. That, that is what we look like. And we've tried, we try to always perfect that process for that customer because sometimes that customer is going to change their mind once a day. Mm-hmm. We've got one right now. She's great. We love them both. She changes her mind once a day. My part of my job is, is to explain time 
and cost. So I'll meet with them. I go, I understand this is going to add time to your project. You keep asking me when we're going to be done. But you pick up the phone every day and you want to change something. Do you realize this is going to add three to five days for every single phone call you make? No, I didn't realize that. Please understand this. Every single time you ask me for a change, we're going to go process that change. I'm not going to, we're not going to do the spaghetti on the wall thing and see what sticks. We're going to process that change and you're going to sign off on it. And there's a fee associated with it. It's not free. And if you don't, if you don't approve it, you're still going to get charged a fee for the office to work the process. They go, okay, fine. And she still writes a change order. Well, now she's down to a change order a week with changes outside the scope of work that we all decided upon before signing the bank loan. You have to service them. You have to cater to what they're looking for. If they want to add to their scope, fine. We're, we, are, we are a custom builder. And this is actually a renovation. We're, we're, we're custom. That's one thing that we're saying you can do. You can make changes. It doesn't mean they're free. It doesn't mean it's going to add, not add time. That is a huge part of, of how I see the, the process once they contract, once, once, they, once we've met, once we've priced the project out, once we contract, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, it's like you just said too. I mean, we are a custom builder, so we have to customize the experience each and all throughout the whole entire process too. So, I mean, you're constantly shifting left, right, you know, up, down. You got to figure out how to make that process as easy as possible. And we have, you know, people in in place in our office too. You know, I have a girl that goes for all the selections, even if there's an interior designer involved, she still goes for all the selections, writes down everything, takes pictures and gets the pricing and the numbers. Cause these people do have budgets. Most designers don't abide by those budgets because they have the open pocketbook. So we have to have somebody there that, keeps them in line too i had a cabinet uh the same uh, i had an issue with cabinets that you know i i gave a hundred thousand dollar uh allowance on cabinets well that's a lot of money for custom cabinets well this lady spent 140 believe it or not with the interior designer yeah 140 with an interior designer well once she saw that 140 well we had guess who had we had to go back to the cabinet company and make the adjustments to, and pick out different stuff that was similar to what she wanted. You know, she wasn't settling on anything. I told her, I, I, my advice to her, I go, this is a custom home. It's your one, your, your main home here. Uh, it's her second home. Obviously we got a lot of second homeowners down here, but I told her, I go, go with what you want because you're going to be disappointed later on. You know, I know if you, if you feel like you need to stick within that budget, make a slight adjustment. There's stuff that's similar out there, but if you really want a certain cabinet in a certain area, especially the kitchen, go with it because you're going to regret it later. And she listened to me, you know, and that's where we come in as builders too, to give it our advice because we can talk to people and talk them through these processes and pass a number and make them understand, okay, yeah, you know what? It's maybe if I spent another 10,000 in the kitchen, cause it's the heart of the home and where everybody's going to congregate to, and maybe if I pulled back a little bit in the master bedroom and did something similar, 
you know, that would be okay. And then I saved that 30,000 here. I end up spending one ten of my $100,000 or, you know, 10,000 over my $100,000 budget. That's where that shift happens too. And, you know, it's, it's that process of having all those things in place. Like you said, with dealing with the banks and so on. Well, my sister deals with all our financial stuff right now. So she's dealing with the banks, trying to streamline that process too, because a lot of people are getting loans right now. It's cheap money. You know, these, the interest is so cheap. They're getting loans. Some of them don't need it, but they're still doing it. And, you know, we'll streamline that. Pro- it's all about streamlining the process to where it makes it easier on the customer. That's what they go, go with you for. That's why you're part of that experience. That's why there's all these pieces in place within your company as well. And setting expectations. Yeah. If the cabinets are a great example, we're having a situation like that right now mm-hmm. on a project where the cabinet budget is, let's just say it's $20,000 for a little bitty bathroom or whatever it is. Um, let's just use that. And they're wanting to spend 80. Mm-hmm. If you're not setting that customer up when you're designing that stuff, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. When your designer is sitting down with the cabinet company and the customer, they're going to talk about what we're doing and, you know, get some really interesting stuff. I know you've seen some of my stuff on my website that we built some really interesting things uh, when it comes to, um, you know, I guess, boutique areas and projects. And we'll, we'll make, we'll make a bathroom, a destination place or a kitchen. It's going to be so unique. And we'll, we'll talk to these customers about, hey, this is what we're contracted with. And especially right after that conversation, that designer, the designer is going to call us and say, hey, you know, they're really wanting something outside the scope. Are you aware of that? No, I'm not aware of that. Does the customer understand that? I don't know. I, we, I told them and this is, hey, this is really not painted cabinetry. This is you know, laminated mahogany with this, this, this. And we really should talk about it. Absolutely. We're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it with this guy. We're going to have a conference call set up. Hey, you know what, sir? We're, you, you know, what, how's the design process going? What does it look like to you? Oh, I love it. This, you, should, you should see this stuff we're picking out. It's, it's so cool. Man, that's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. I just want to make sure you understand the things that you're picking out right now are outside of your scope. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I kind of got I kind of got that hint by you know the designer talking to me. The sales rep was telling me it's that's not really what was contracted originally. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Just let me know where we're going to be. I, you know, I don't want to spend a fortune on these changes, but I'm good with that. That's just that's this customer that I've got right now, and he's going to sign oh, well into the six figures a change order coming up next week or later this week on on his project it's well into the six figures and i kind of told him uh, two days ago hey you knew this right yeah i knew okay this is what you're looking at do you wear that well i didn't really think about it but that doesn't sound too bad i kind of knew that there was going to be some extras okay so there's that scenario then you've got the scenario, the customer that's all about money. May not be the right customer in the first place, but you contracted them anyway. So they're looking at cabinets. You've got a specific set of cabinets. 
set up. This is what we're going to build. You drew them out. This is the materials. This is what's included. Oh, scratch that. They want everything. They want a completely different cabinet manufacturer. What are we going to do now? Okay. Are you aware that this is not within your scope? Well, why isn't it? Because this is not what we originally talked about. This is not what you signed on because we have your signatures on what we're providing. Well, let's just see what it costs because this is what I want now. My wife decided and I decided we want this. Okay, great. I want that for you too. I want you to have what you want. Okay, let's go through this process. And just like you, they were $40,000 over and you, you come to them and you realize you're $40,000 over on this one item and they act like they've never had the conversation before. Mm -hmm. Why is it so much more expensive? Because it is. This is the product. This is the manufacturer. This is where it's coming from. It's, it's constantly educating these people. And depending on the client, they're going to get it or they're not going to get it or they're just going to play games the whole time to keep extra cost from rolling down a snowball hill and just gain speed and size. So there's, there, there's, there are those things that I have to definitely look at um, as far as clients. And I'm sure you do too. Oh, uh, yeah. That oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and even other things like I, I had with paint selection, stuff like that. I mean, us as custom builders were there, were there as that guide. Once again, I had a guy that picked completely wrong paint selections and we had to pull them in and guide them to maybe you should go with this color because it blends with this, this and this you know, and it's going to make your house appear better. And you have to know there's a way of saying it because some people will say, no, that's what I want. I want, I like it like that. If I want polka dots on the side of my house, I'll do it. You know, other, other people will listen to you because that's what you're there for. They want the guidance, they want the experience. And that's why they hired you as a builder. And that's why I preach that experience is so important. You know, I, I've done personally a lot of the helped with a lot of the design and a lot of our houses. I like designing houses. I like seeing things come together, you know, from the exterior to the interior to everything. And people ask my opinion on a lot of it too. And, you know, they'll either take it or they'll go with it or they won't. Cause I, I do real estate too. I'm a broker. So I know what's going to sell. I know the resale end of things. If you, if you're thinking of a lot of people are like, this is going to be my last home. That's it. You know, my kids can deal with it. If I die here, that's it. Well, you never know what's going to happen. And I tell people that all the time. You don't know if something's going to happen. You got to sell the home. And, you know, it's it's on you to have that home sellable to where it's not. You don't have a polka dot wall or something like that. You you have to think about the future, too. And that's what us as custom Reset. builders are there to do. Reset. You know, Reset. that's the thing. Had the same thing happen. Project we're on. Customer pick. I need. I go. I need the paint color. I need the paint color. It's late. We we it's past due. We needed the paint color. Well, this is the color we decided on. Yeah, no, that doesn't go. You realize that? Well, we we just don't really know. But this is what we like. And because they because we've had a relationship and I've known these people, I actually told them no. No, I'm not painting your house that color. And she kind of she kind of raised her eyebrows. Her husband started laughing. And he goes, I like this guy. 
And because he was picking out all the colors, and I go, I, I don't think this color is the right color. It's got too much taupe in it for all your selections for your cabinetry, countertops, and floors. It's the wrong color. Well, we've looked at so many colors that this is just the only one that we feel like we've done samples of it and we've done this and that. And I, I just said, I, I'll, okay, I'll paint the house if you want me to, but it's the wrong color and you'll have to pay me to repaint it. He goes, the husband, his husband goes, Brandon, I believe you. I absolutely believe you. Can you help us? Can you help us figure this out? Because I don't want to repaint the house because I know you know what you're talking about. And we're looking, we're looking at this through a tunnel. We, we're we're, we're going to want to sell this house one day and I don't want to paint the house the wrong color. And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I guess, of course, that took time. I had to go get their selections and understand what they want, you know, look, their overall theme of what they're doing on this uh, this project. And I had a I had a Zoom call with them. I got them on. We got them on the video. And we started talking about it. I got I pulled up paint colors off what I what I thought their tile their colors. I said this is what I think the color is supposed to be. This is what you told me to pick. This is what you picked. This is what I want. She goes I don't know. He goes it's perfect. It's perfect. And I go this and I go let me explain why this color is correct. It's got the same under hues and tones as this over here. And we need the contrast off your trim. I explained the whole thing. It took about 30 minutes. It's a 30 minute call. At the end of the day, she was on board. He was, he was elated that I basically stuck my foot in the door and wouldn't let it close. And he, he called me back and he thanked me. He goes, I really appreciate you doing that. And I kind of laughed. I said, yeah, you know, you remember our conversation we had when we first met a long time ago? He goes, yeah. I said, I said, I don't want to build anything ugly. He laughed. We laughed. We had a good joke. It was, it was, it was funny. Uh, yeah, I was just making a joke and I'm not saying anything that they were colorblind or that was bad, but it was not the right color. And we're going to, we're painting the house, the color that I chose and it's right. It's the perfect color for them. I even checked with some people. It's the right color. So I've been there. I've done that. I actually have told a homeowner, no, this is not right. I've inserted my opinion. And I tell people that up front that I'm opinionated when we, when we do meet, that I'm just not going to be a yes man. That's part of why, why we're custom. Mm-hmm. And it works. It works well. Well, that's why a lot of people probably hire you. I mean, that's why they hire a builder in general. They want the advice too. And, and, you know, we've had experiences too as a custom builder to where, you know, you always have to pivot. Like I said, like we had a situation where it was a husband and wife, uh, wife agreed to the completely wrong paint color as the husband had sent a picture of to us while the husband wasn't there for the selection. And he originally sent the picture to our office while the lady in our office went with what the wife did because she was there with the selections and she was trying to match the tones and so on. Husband gets in town, says, this is completely wrong. This is not what I wanted. The the whole house needs to be repainted. And then the cast stone was wrong too, but we went per the blueprint where there was actually stucco, uh, you know, stucco moldings going up instead of, and then the cast stone was supposed to go next to that well that's not what he wanted he wanted the whole thing to be cast stone so us as a build builder we're in a situation where you get in that he said she said moment 
or the wife saying, well, I thought I picked this color. I didn't go with this color. And then our girl in office really takes pictures of everything. She has them sign off on anything. So we had the proof. So there's no blaming her. Well, they just weren't happy with the color. So to make them happy, we, you know, we could have just walked away and said, it is what it is. You guys pay to fix everything. You know, we went by the blueprint. We went by the, what your wife picked. We have her signed off right here, her proof. But he kept saying, I sent you this picture, which was true. We met in front of the house that he sent us the picture of. And so I'm in a situation where I'm like, okay, I can't really go against what this guy says because he said he sent it, he sent the picture and he said, this is exactly how I want my house to look. Well, now we got a house that looks nothing like this picture. Right. That's a, bad, that's a problem. Yeah. So now I got to go back and I got to say, okay, there's going to be give and take here as the builder. We have to give a little bit. We got to take a little bit. So he's going to have to pay for some of this to fix it, but we're going to cover this. So in kind of a negotiation tactic, we went back. I said, okay, we're going to take care of taking off, off the stucco moldings for you. We're going to... We'll take care of the trim cost, the, the paint, repaint all the trim. You take care of the body cost, and then you're going to take care of the, the extra cast stone cost. So it was give and take, give and take. Yeah, yeah, sides. you're 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 you're, com- you're compromising. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of compromise, but he agreed with it. And I got that message later on that said from him that said, "You guys are first. You guys are all class. I appreciate everything you guys did. That's exactly why I went with you." So this is an example of, you know, something that was bad that happened that turned good as a custom builder. And we deal with these situations all the time to that we have to cor- learn, we have to correct them. And if we we're going to lose some money, yes. But in the end, you get a happy customer, another referral that can make you money as well, too. And it's all about happiness and give and take and doing the right thing and so on. Because a lot of builders, they, they just say it is what it is. Pay us the difference. A lot of them yeah. would. You know, not everyone, but a lot of them would. So, and yeah. I don't know if there's any situations you've dealt with like that too. You know, one thing that we've done to combat that, that seems to work for us is we'll actually create sample boards mm-hmm. for or for exterior finishes. Even if it's on the house, we'll, we'll do it on the house. The, it, it's in the process of stucco. You know, the stucco steps. It's uh, we actually put, we put the, the, the brown coat on it. We put the top coat on it before we paint it. We get the stucco finish out there. Well, Hey, let's pick three colors. Okay. We want this one and this one and this one. Okay, great. We'll get the cast stone, or we'll get the stone, or we'll get the other that we'll get the paint color with them, and we'll put some board. We'll make a little vignette. We'll have them pick one. Mm. We have them pick that color. I take a picture of it. I log it into our file. I send it to them. This is the picture. This is the color you chose. Please confirm. They confirm it. That's it. If the house color is wrong after that time. I don't know exactly what we would do. I don't know if I would cut the cut, the cut split the costs or not, because we're, we're spending a lot of time up front to create uh, opportunities for them to, to see, touch and feel on intangibles. Like, Hey, I want this house over here. Okay, cool. Well, did we actually go over to that house with a color gun and actually get the color spectrum on it? 
or did we just sit there do the eyeball thing? Well, we're going to have to go get a color. We're going to, we're going to get it matched. We're going to get the paint mixed and we're going to bring it to the site and we're going to put it on the wall where there's an interior wall or an exterior wall, especially if the homeowner is not sure and they just can't decide or they don't want my, my input on it. Cause I'll try to give my input if I have any. I honestly don't know if I would split the cost, I, you know, stand, you know, sitting right here on this podcast. I don't know if I, I, I just don't know. We've spent all that time up front. We'll probably have to compromise in some way. I, I, I'm, I'm, reasonably, I'm reasonably ready to compromise at all times to try to, you know, keep the relationship put together. The way I see it is we're doing it right. We're not going to have that problem. Yeah. And if we do have that problem, we have backup paperwork, logic, uh, samples, personal samples made for oh, that specific did, yeah. customer. And when we started doing that with paint colors on every major project we do, it's successful. Mm-hmm. No, and we had samples for everything and so on, but it got to a point where it was he said, she said, and then that came back to that picture. So it got to a point too is how can we keep the customer happy? That's what it came down to. You know, and and we had the pictures, we had the proof, we had everything backing us up. We do the same thing. Uh, we have big color pieces of the exact color that we had printed out from Sherwin Williams, who we use, uh, and and we have them sign off on that. We have them sign off on literally everything, cast stone color, every single thing. And it was literally the wrong color was picked by the wife and so on. And, and then the husband obviously came in not knowing what, what exactly was picked. So we cover our ground and our girl's very good at doing that. But this was a situation, this was a situation where it just came down to, you know, keeping happiness. We didn't split the cost. We covered some of it. And there was some stuff that I didn't agree with that was, that was highlighted on the plan that should have, you know, it should have been cast stone originally. So that's where that kind of give and take came in too, because our communication's always been good. We've never really ran into this issue, but you know, now we're, we're having our painter just go to the house and put the paint on the house. You know, that's the new thing. They pick a color, they sign off on it. He's going to put that color example on there and, that's what their reality because when paint goes on a wall as you know it can look different uh than it does off of one of those little sample schwabs and you know the little things that they give you from sherwin so that that's kind of how we had to tackle that and there's been other situations i brought up too but it's just it's it's mainly maintaining there's a lot of give and take in this business there's a lot of times we said no we're not paying for it you're paying for it right you know and they've tried they've tried you know, they've tried to get it for free and said, well, we shouldn't have to pay for that. And we've had to stand our ground. And then I've had to get on the phone with them, explain why they're going to pay for it. And, and that's that communication thing and expectation uh, topic that we already just discussed. So, you know, there, it's just, it's in that situation, it's been a really good customer. It, it wasn't splitting. It was just making things move, keep the process moving at a smooth rate without any, anybody being pissed off or anything like that. And sometimes you have to do that in this business. You just, it was one of those situations that we had. I've been there. I've done that. It's conflict resolution, risk management. Like I said earlier, yeah. we're, we're managing risk. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Exactly. I want to keep moving here because I know you got meetings and I got meetings too. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up. I like back to the questions. Cause we, I've had a heck of a free flow conversation with you. It's been, been great. I mean, yeah, I, this has I, hope, been awesome. I hope, I hope we're uh, getting some good information out there for you. Yeah, yeah definitely. I really think we are. This has been awesome. Uh, I, I like asking this question. I ask it to everybody. What about you personally? You have built an amazing company and it continues to grow every single day. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business or lives that can help us grow? Deep question. Really got to think about it probably. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. I almost don't know where to start. You know, being starting a business when you're in your 20s was probably a very risky thing to do. We 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 laid it all out and we said, "This is what we're going to do." My wife and I, we had savings. We we knew we could do this. It was a risk. I wanted to take the risk. I was gung ho about it, and. I say, I mean, I'm ready to build any, I can do, I can do all this stuff. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to service. We're going to do better than where I came from. And for the most part we have, we, we've done, we, we strive for excellence. And that's one of my key takeaways is always strive for excellence. But in order to really get there after 13 years of having this company, you have to be humbled. You have to know that when you've made a mistake and how to learn from it. I, I heard um, heard somebody to say on the news not too long ago, or maybe I was reading something, that if you've been in business and you've never made a mistake, you're not doing something. Maybe you're not doing something right. If you're making mistakes, you're growing. You're becoming a better person. You're becoming a better builder. This is the most imperfect career i think professional educated people can do it's it's as hard this is you're dealing with a lot of different things that they're not like you it's in part this is a difficult we're risk managers if you're not making mistakes and you're you're not learning and at the same time if you don't have enough integrity to write your mistakes write your wrongs fix things take care of people bite the bullet Take repaint the house for for free just because the customer is a great customer. If you're not doing those things, if you're not sitting back and go, you know what? If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. I think that's the most humbling thing that you got to sit there and think about. Growth comes through adversity. You're never going to be better without going through something or growing through something. Challenges. Personally, professionally, you know, personally, we've got three kids. They're all challenging. My schedule is booked up in the afternoons all the time with these children. I'm just constantly. My wife has got a really important job. We, We do this. I can't meet people at certain times. I have to schedule them later. I have to schedule them earlier. They get upset. I have to figure out ways to do it. You know, I have to, I have to meet what they need. It's not about me. It's not about my schedule. Um, you know, when I've had a parent pass away uh, not too long ago, several years ago, man, that threw me for a loop. I, I, I never, I never obviously had a parent pass away, but 
you know, when you get into the personal side of it, you know, you're not prepared for it personally or professionally. You're just not prepared. And when you're the guy writing the checks, writing the contracts, and you have that kind of deep personal thing happen, you've got to dig really deep. You've got to be humbled in yourself. You can't have all that pride and ego. And you have to step forward. You have to have mental capacity to step forward. And if you can't get past those, those blockages that you create for yourself with, uh, I can't do this or mourning, or you can't concentrate. You just can't keep, you can't, you can't put your head on straight. If you can't get past those things, you got to keep trying at it. Every business owner, doesn't matter if you're doing, if you're doing home building, remodeling, if you're a painter, or if you're, you're selling vacuum cleaners, if you can't get past your personal uh, roadblocks, you're never going to become a better person. You're not going to become a better builder. You're not going to become a, a better interface for a client that cares about them. You're going, be, you're, you're going to become a robot that's looking for a check. And those are the people that don't last in this industry. So that's a little bit of a mouthful. Yeah, no, that was a... Hell of an answer right there too. I know I love that. That was awesome, and especially off the top of your head, that was one of the best answers I've gotten right there too. So, I mean, that was great. Good, good, great answer right there too. And and obviously, I want to keep moving here too for you. What this is what this show's all about. So, what exactly do people need to look for when building a new home, and why should they choose Brandon Lynch as their builder of choice? I think people need to decide what they're what what the, what they ultimately want, what kind of relationship they want with the builder, what kind of service they want, how trust. We live in a litigious society these days, where trust is a really interesting word, and trust within one another, respect one another. That that is paramount. You gotta you gotta be able to exude those confidences of. I'm going to trust you. You're, are you going to trust me? Are we like-minded? Are we aligned with what we want to do? That That's going to make, make the endeavor successful. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say than that. Honestly, <laughs> there's, there's just, there, I could keep going, but. <laughs> no, I, no, I agree with you too. Cause I mean, it's all about trust when you initially meet somebody too, if you don't have that trust in them, you're not going to go with them. And that's with any business too. Uh, no matter what you're dealing with as a human being or anything, if you don't trust somebody, it's going to, you're not going to work with them. No, Plain not at simple. all. You know, I a hundred percent agree with that. Brandon, this has been awesome. And uh, so much great information. I, I'd love to, difference in the show kind of how how everything flowed and it was it was a great conversation definitely i think it's going to help people out there as far as thank building. you so much for having me uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just can't thank you enough for having me i'm flattered uh we're just now getting into this podcast adventure i've, I've just got a passion for talking to people and uh telling people good things about the business and what we want to do and how mm-hmm. business should be done. I, I'm just passionate about it. As, obviously, as you hear, I have a lot to, I'll have a lot of opinion and that's good. No, so that's, I really appreciate the opportunity. I hope we will be able to do this again, um, you know, in the future to be able to chat about, you know, the other aspects of what we do. No, absolutely. Like I said, we need to, I need to bring the panel discussion back too. So I can, 
have a few of us talking about some stuff. Last thing though, where can people connect and find you? Uh, we have the Builders Authority on Instagram, hashtag Builders Authority. I've got a website. Uh, it's uh, www.kichaicreekbuilders.com. I'll give you the hyperlink for the home building website. Uh, I've got a personal Facebook page that's open up to anybody, Brandon Lynch. You know, log in and say hello. I'm awesome. Here. Awesome. Awesome. And what's the name of your new podcast, just so everybody knows? The Builders Authority. Awesome. Everybody go check out the Builders Authority podcast too. Brandon, this has been awesome. I mean, I really appreciate it again, man. Uh, It's been great having you on. And guys, thank you as always for listening. Obviously, this show is free. So please like, subscribe, comment, do what you got to do to promote it, share it with everybody you know. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Bill. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.